We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for June 24th, 2018. And today is pretty much a kind of a dedicated study on spiritual warfare, Satanism, occultism, uh, things that have happened. I mean, some listener testimonies about things that they've seen, demons attacking them, healings, um, just a lot on the spiritual warfare. Probably going to be focusing in on this more now with the ministry. And um, I'm going to really try to key in on things that I feel the Lord is convicting me need to talk. I mean, let's face it, I've done, I don't even know if you add them all up, probably about 2,000 teachings, separate parts. Okay. And granted, there may be a 10-part teaching on Disney, but there's 10, 10 parts to that teaching. And um, <clears throat> I don't want to try to rehash things over and over again and reinvent the wheel and, and things of this nature. I want to really try to key in on things that the Lord is convicting me that my listeners need to hear. You can go back and reference all of my other teachings, uh, which could keep you busy for tons and tons of time but i also do not want that to take away the time that you're spending with the lord which is a reason that i'm not going to be posting as many of the audios probably from here on out number one i've covered so many subjects there are more subjects i do need to cover that's what i really want to key on but um <clears throat> i've been consulting with other christians and um a couple of my listeners that have been in the deliverance ministry area, uh, spiritual warfare, battling witches, warlocks, all that stuff, which I've done a lot, but they're they're they've been doing it a lot longer, and um, um, I've been consulting a lot with them, and <clears throat> the ministry has become or was getting to the point where it was basically ahead of God. And God wasn't number one anymore. The ministry was. And I cannot do that. I have to keep God, the Lord Jesus Christ, number one. And I'm not even saying I'm doing some superb job at that. But uh, <clears throat> with as much as I've got on my plate with this ministry, with answering the questions, with doing the audios, and it was getting to the point where I was doing you know, seven-hour audio every week or five-hour uh, all of the conversions that have to be done, then you have to upload it, uh, then you have to send out the emails, and then, then the actual uh, current event emails I'm doing, and the health emails, which are separate than the audios. And um, it was like I didn't have any time for God, or little, very little left. And we cannot do that in our Christian walk. We cannot get to that point where, you know, the Lord's not number one. He's a jealous God, and I really believe after, you know, my own personal convictions and after consulting with, with other Christians, that, that may be why my eyes went bad, was because it was God's way of saying, listen, <laughs> you, you, you can't be doing this. I'm not going to be, you know, in, you know, <clears throat> I'm not going to have you put the ministry before me. It's not going to work that way. Your ministry's not going to prosper. You're not going to prosper. And I don't mean, I don't even mean like financially. I just mean prosper in general. I just mean, you know, being right with the Lord. 
you know, because that's the most important thing. And by by changing this format, trust me, it's going to benefit the listeners more because what I am going to zero in on with the teachings that I'm doing, it's going to be more important content. I mean, you don't want to hear me re- rehashing the, the, the wickedness of Islam probably anymore. I've already done it a hundred times in different teachings. And what I'm going to keep doing is... <clears throat> Zeroing in on certain key audios, okay, that I feel like that the Lord's convicting me to do. And I'm going to keep doing the uh, newsletters as well. The And what I suggest people do is if they're not on the newsletter list, they go up to contendingfortruth.com, they click both boxes, Christian newsletter, health newsletter, it's on the right side, sign up for the newsletter list. It's really simple. And a listener email me the other day and I, I was even questioning if I should be sending those out anymore and he told me he says he uses those like a prayer like prayer points like okay I'm looking at the I may not obviously click on every link that I'm sending out but even looking at the link you can get an idea of things that need to be prayed for I've really been also convicted to key in on the the child sex trafficking the pedophilia the abortion stuff, the occultist stuff, the witchcraft stuff, the Satanist stuff, which I really believe is ground zero near and dear to God's heart. I mean, wherever the, the most wicked subjects I can think of that would grieve God, pedophilia, child sex trafficking. If you've been noticing with my emails, I've been keen in more on those subjects because those are things you can specifically pray against. And <clears throat> that's very, very important that a lot of prayer is going up toward these things, not just so that we can sit there and wring our hands and get angry about stuff. We can get on our knees. We can bind and loose like Jesus Christ gave us that ability. And I'll probably even post that link again about binding and loosing because um, I, I really do believe that's a very, very important concept that a lot of Christians don't take advantage of. We need to be putting on the full armor of God every day, making sure we're right with God, making sure we're spending time with God, making sure we're in His Word, making sure we we have alone time with God. And I know that all sounds like a lot, but you know what? He created us. He loved us enough to save us. He loved us enough to send His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to save our souls. And we owe that. It's the least we can do. It's a reasonable service, like the Bible talks about. And again, I'm not saying that because I think I've attained or I'm Mr. Super Christian and I'm so much better. I got a, a long, long, long way to go. Basically, um... You know, I was told by the one uh, gentleman, my longtime listener, been in deliverance for a ton of years, been in the deliverance ministry, been in um, prison ministry, all these other things. Now he's more into intercession that I had left my first love, which you, you revert back to Revelation when Jesus was talking to the different churches. And one of them, he said, you've left your first love. Doesn't mean I'm not saved. It just means I've left my first love, meaning Jesus Christ. Why? Because I put the ministry far, far ahead of what God was. And you'd think, well, yeah, but you were serving God, but yeah, but you can do that and work yourself to death. There's been a lot of people, uh, and he's known of tons of of, uh, people in ministry that have worked themselves to death and then they literally basically like it gets to a point where you know satan has his hooks into you so far because you're literally 
you literally think you're doing something for God and you're really not. You're, you're, you're not, you've, you've, you've put God in, you know, third, fourth position and you've, you're dedicating everything to the ministry, thinking you're serving God, thinking that he's going, going to, thinking it's God doing this to you and it's not. The Bible says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if you're being driven to death and you think it's of God, you need to really check that and, and I, I don't believe that's of God. And that was the way it was getting with me. You know, where I'm just like, I can't keep up, I can't keep up, I can't, I can't do any more, I can't answer any more questions, I can't put out any more audios, I can't, it was just, it was like, and it's not helping me heal either with my eye, because stress, there's a whole, there, then I could go into the physiological aspects of everything. When you're under that kind of stress, your, your body secretes hyper amounts of cortisol, which basically is like a catabolic steroid, the word catabolic means to tear down. It, it hinders the healing process, your, your, your adrenals are fried, your, um, it just, it hinders everything, it hinders healing, and so I've kind of had an epiphany about all of this, and um, the ministry, I believe, will be better than ever, because it will be more targeted, and I'm really trying to, to wait on God regarding what he wants me to put up and, and release about certain particular subjects. I mean, I'm going to be covering some subjects that, yeah, I'm not saying I've never covered these subjects, but maybe going more in depth in certain areas and um, <clears throat> things that I've been meaning to cover that I've kind of set aside. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, I just wanted to 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 give that as a as kind of an, an update there and. Um, uh, first thing, just we're going to just do some Bible verses, and then we'll get right into the study. This is going to be a very, very interesting study, and really, this study is going to make it very, very real. How real the battle is that we're in as a born again Christian. Now, if you're not a born again Christian, you need to get saved. You need to go to contendingfortruth.com and click on the True Salvation tab, and listen to those audios in the order. Because it's more of a, it's more of a study. It's more of a, it's not just one teaching, saying some little prayer and then, okay, go on your merry way, whatever. No, it's kind of like what to do to get saved and then what comes afterward, which is really, I mean, it's pretty much just as important because I mean, if, if a lot of people are just up there saying some little prayer, they read off a, off a track and I think tracks are great, but you also need the, the, the um, education and the mentoring and the teaching and all that other thing that goes along afterward in order to get rooted and grounded in the Word of God. So, uh, just some spiritual warfare verses. Psalm 24, 8 says, Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Uh, these are just good verses to, you know, to meditate on because the battle seems like so overwhelming with evil right now. I mean, just... Just look at the headlines on the newsletters I put out, you know, and I'm just cherry picking like the ones I feel like are the most important. And, you know, Satan's good at what he does in that regard, you know, and I don't mean to give him any credit, but I'm just saying that, you know, he is very, very adept at deceiving people, at bringing evil into this world. And he's got so many different product programs and protocols that he's implementing and putting in place. And, but it's good to always reflect on who, like this, who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. <clears throat> Isaiah 59, 19, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. 
when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Really good one to commit to memory. Okay, So when you feel like the enemy is coming in on you like a flood, this is a really, really good one to say back to the enemy. You know, so they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. So that's that's good to remind your enemies. Because who are, who are real enemies? Well, the Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood. Now, it may be a flesh and blood person you're dealing with that may be literally animated by devils and demons and evil entities. And the, the, Satan is carrying out his plan through that person. But still, it's always good to remember that it's really not so much the person as it is the spiritual entities behind the person. Um, <clears throat> so, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. So that's a very good one. Uh, the Bible says, It's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. So when you say these verses back to whatever situation you're facing, to the enemies that you're facing, you're reminding them, and, and, you're, and you're proclaiming this in faith, and, and you're, you're doing battle literally that way, in that way. Because the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is really the only offensive weapon that is in the armor of God, if you look at that. All of the others are defensive weapons. You know, helmet of salvation, shield of faith, you know, loins girded with truth, he shall with the preparation of the gospel, peace, all, all these implements, but the only offensive is, is the Spirit is the sword of the spirit, overtly offensive. Uh, let's go further. Psalm 35, verse 1, a psalm of David, a man after God's own heart. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help. Draw, draw out also thy spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Let them be as chafed before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery and let the angel of the Lord persecute them. Okay. And then I always, I always add to that, if it be possible, Lord, I pray their souls be saved. If it be possible. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows if they're truly capable of being saved or if they're not. I mean... The Bible says the wicked go astray from the womb. They speak lies as soon as they be born. Okay, so then it talks about the vessels of wrath in the New Testament. Fitted, meaning prepared ahead of time for God's destruction. God hath prepared all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. I don't quite understand all that. But then again, it's not my, not my universe. That's God's business. You know, so... Um, let's go further here. So this is from um, my good buddy uh, Pete in um, Tasmania. Yes, Tasmania. The home of the Tasmanian devil. Um, which they're really hard to cast demons out of because they're full of death. No, just kidding, teasing. Anyway, um, but yes, this is from Tasmania, an island off Australia. And... Pete's been in the deliverance ministry slash battling witches, warlocks, and high-level witches for a long, long time. Um, as is my other friend James. And these are the two I've been um, consulting with a lot as of late. And, and we're, I'm talking long-time listeners type of deal. 
Um, James is actually the one that I went when we went to the whole Bigfoot thing last year up there in Virginia to that national park. Anyway, this uh, was an email I got from Pete. Just one of the many emails I've got from him as of late. And it, it's, I entitled it, Massive Satanic Blood Red Inverted Cross Erected in Hobart, Tasmania. And here's a picture of this inverted cross looking, I mean, it's like looks like it's right in the middle of the city. It's this blood red inverted cross as a mockery of Christ. Because whenever Satanists have like their ceremonies at like the higher levels, they will take like a wax cross, like a black, I think it's like a black wax cross, or maybe red, I don't know. And then they'll turn it upside down and they'll break the arms down really symbolizing the whole mockery of christ it's upside down they break the arms of the cross and what do you have when you break the arms down at an angle you have the peace symbol that's what the peace symbol is right it's it's exactly what it looks like is an upside down cross with its with its arms broken down kind of bent at a 45 degree angle that's why you know you don't want to be having anything to do with that symbol i mean i hate to say it but most symbols are occultic out there there's so many that are out there that people do not realize are really really bad um you can email me i've got i've got a really good file on the on just occult symbology and the thing is is i'm sure there's things that are left out but these are some of the main ones there's quite a few and you might even could put in occult symbols in my keyword search box at continuefortruth.com and um also if you forward my emails make sure that you're taking out the unsubscribe part at the bottom unfortunately my 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 email service i use does not use a double opt-out thing i don't think they do i mean the last time i checked they didn't and as a result if you forward that email to somebody and they click unsubscribe at the bottom you're not going to get my emails anymore so if you're not getting my emails all of a sudden or haven't been for years it's not because i'm not sending them it's because you've been unsubscribed, most likely. Or your spam filter's getting them, which could also be the case as well. So understand that that could be the case, and um, that could be going on. Because my, my email list, subscriber list, is just steadily, 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 steadily going down. Not not like whatever. I'm probably down a couple hundred subscribers in like the, well, maybe two or three hundred in the last two or three years. But before, it was always going up. And... and um, I think that might be the reason, or at least part of the reason. And I do think my emails are being censored, yes. I will send them literally to myself. After I get done, I'll send two to myself, and a lot of times I'll only get one of them, or sometimes I don't get either of them, and my spam filter's not even getting them. It's like they disappear. So I'm sure I'm being targeted on that, and I try to pray before I send out emails. And that's why I covet you know, my listeners' prayers as well, because there's a lot of different forces of evil trying to stop this ministry and other ministries out there that are trying to get the truth out. So, if, you, if you're looking at the PDF for this date, for uh, June 24, 2018, you're going to see this massive satanic blood red inverted cross, and this is in Hobart, Tasmania. Um, and this is uh, Pete Saint talking. He says, yes, it's an inverted blood red cross, about 15 meters tall. Um, wow. Down at the waterfront of Hobart, there is a satanic agenda to take over Tasmania. 
Mona is a massive coven of satanic witches, even recruiting from overseas, that are getting more and more emboldened to put their beliefs on display. Now, I'm, I'm really talking about this too because this is a great example of what is pretty much going on around the world. Um, guaranteed it's probably going on in your area as well. But this is just a really great example because he's he's been on top of this. He knows exactly what's going on. Their main agenda is to is to destroy Christianity. Okay, their heroes are Aleister Crowley, Anton Lavey. I mean, Aleister Crowley, the wickedest man on earth, a self-proclaimed beast. He would you know sodomize little children for fun to steal their innocence and then kill them and bragged about it. He liked to eat his own feces and drink his own urine and did every despicable thing you could possibly imagine. That was how Aleister Crowley rolled, okay? Then you've got Anton LaVey, this is their heroes. Uh, he started the first Church of Satan on Beltane, May 1st, 1966. Um, you know, just a wicked, evil devil from the, from the pit of hell. Um, and Charles Manson, you know, the basically the one that, you know, inspired a lot of serial killing and stuff. Uh, they have had no resistance for three decades, this group, but now they, they are pushing, I would say, too hard and will bring themselves undone. Praise God. Proverbs sixteen eighteen says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. <clears throat> Amen. We have been under an assault from these people for about ten months now. After doing deliverance on the high priestess of the coven. Ah, yes, the high priestess came over to the good side. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, when you see the power of God, you're going to have people converting from the other side. Hey, I told you the story about... Um, actually, I, I, there was a limited amount I could say because she was still in fear of her life. But basically the one coven that attacked me i'll just put this in a thumbnail version i've said this before but i got an i got an email from one of the from one of the um witches that was monitoring one of the attacks on me this was probably this probably took place i don't know three four years ago and she was in another country overseas i'm not going to say what country now, this is her, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing what she told me. I'd like to read the whole letter, but I really can't because she asked me not to be specific or whatever. But she was basically there when there were four witches astral projecting um, to try to kill us. I'm sure they're trying to kill Taylor and myself. And they were projecting, astral projecting from overseas, meaning they were out, out of their body. When you astral project, um, it's very, very occultic. You age very, very quickly. Um, typically, it's a very, very high-level witchcraft you're doing. Of course, I've had people tell me it's really not high-level, that you can. a lot of people can do it. It's not that hard. Okay, well, Satan will meet you at your need. But typically, I think in witchcraft circles, this was the leader of the coven, the head witch, and three of her other witches. And she was there to kind of monitor their bodies while they were astro-projecting trying to kill us. And they basically said that they almost got to our house. They got over the, the horizon. They could just start to see my house. And all of a sudden, this is what the witches that lived told her. They're, they started spinning in their, like their spirit bodies just started spinning. Everything went into absolute chaos. And the head witch, now this girl was there and observed this, started smashing her head into 
the concrete the of the place they were at. There was like some kind of concrete pillar or I don't know, some kind of thing there. She started smashing her head into it. And she said she literally saw her hair turn gray right in front of her instantly. This was the head witch that was astral projecting here. The other three witches were just spinning, and I don't think that happened to them. I don't know. I don't exactly know what the physical effects on them were. But the head witch that was was the head of this coven that was trying to kill us, she started um, um, smashing her head, and she killed herself. She basically smashed her own brains out right there. That's one of the attacks against us. I'm not bragging. I'm not I'm not happy this witch killed herself and, and, and is in hell or whatever. But I am also very, very grateful that God protected us, you know. And like I've said to any witches that want to try to pull that on us, I'm not going to have any mercy on you. I will cut your silver cord in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You go to Ecclesiastes, it tells you what the silver cord is. And if the Bible says if the silver cord ever be undone or leashed, that's your... When you ask for project, there was even a, 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 a documentary where New Age crazy Shirley MacLaine did it. You can look it up, Shirley MacLaine Silver Cord. Keenan on YouTube. And she tells when she asked for projected, very New Age, famous lady, she like went above the earth, around the moon, and I think as far as she could get was around the moon or something from what I can remember. I actually watched it a long time ago. And there was a silver cord connecting her to her body when she asked for projected. Now, she wasn't doing it in that particular case, Shirley McLean, to try to kill somebody. She was just doing it because she was astral projecting. Um, witches will do it in order to kill people, in order to exact revenge. You know? Uh, another time, Warlock came in here. I was asleep. I think God was trying to build up Taylor's um, faith. And, you know, I've told that story before, but, you know, he didn't live either. Um, I don't know how many other times there might have been. I don't really know. It's, it's hard to say, to know, how many times God's protected us here. But um, then there was Jasmine the Black-Eyed Witch, was, which was the most recent one. And uh, she threatened all kind of stuff and said she was going to basically... Uh, what, what, did, what did she say she was going to do? Hold on, I'm, I'm going to tell you that. So, Jasmine... This was from uh, September 12, 2016. She wrote me, The Black-Eyed Witch. I don't think she was even human. I, I I got confirmation on who Jasmine was, put it that way, and I can't really go into that much far into it, but I got... When the Lord wants me to know something, I get confirmation. But um, you see one of these things astral project to you. Um... And you're aware of it, they're in your house. You, in the name of Jesus Christ, I cut your silver cord. That's what you say. Okay. They're going to they're gonna go to hell if you do that. But if you don't do it, they're going to try to kill you. Okay. So, you know, you do as the Lord leads you to do. I've never heard of anybody witnessing this, somebody trying to astral project into their house. Maybe that could be done. I wouldn't really mess with it. If they're that far and they're that deep and they're that on much of a suicide mission, it's also going to send a message to the other witches in their coven who really has the power. Because most witches think Christians are just spiritually gelded wimps. 
And I hate to say it, but most Christians kind of are that, you know? Most witches are not going to mess with the average lukewarm Christian because Satan kind of has them where he wants them anyway, you know, to a certain extent. You know, just lukewarm. Maybe they're not doing really anything. Maybe they're totally living in the world. That type of stuff. And again, I'm not saying this stuff because I'm saying I think I'm perfect. I'm far from it. But this is typically going to happen to Christians that are engaging in spiritual warfare for the Lord. And these are things I think you need to know that are important. That if you get in in that position, I would rather have you know the information than not know it. And I had said to her, um, Jasmine, she had made all these threats against me. And um, I said, no, Jasmine, I'm not going to rehash everything. If you want to know the whole story, just can Jasmine. In the uh, keyword search, J-A-S-M-I-N. I said, Jasmine, you don't know who you're messing with. You are messing with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Most High God of the universe. Your gods all bow before him. So go ahead with your plans, devil. See what happens. I can't wait. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, rebuke you, Jasmine T., and all your devil ilk and evil entities working with you. I apply the blood of Jesus Christ against you and all working with you. And then I quoted Jeremiah 23, 29. It's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. This is a battle I was born for, and I will gladly die if need be. Will you? Let's do this. That's what I told her after she had this lengthy email she had sent me. And then she came back to me. She says, oh, me dying? Oh, Scotty, if you only knew. Maybe I'll even materialize visibly in front of you so, just so I can tell you stories before I take you with me. You want to be the first research, quote, researcher I have had fun with. There were priests, bishops, politicians of much higher status and grandeur than you with your pathetic listener-sponsored microphone that I have dealt with. <laughs> Whatever that means. Me and my associates are not merely like sorcerers and human craftsmen you've dealt with before. In fact, you will find that we are quite, quite different from them. I will not spoil it for you, though. But those eyes of mine in the picture I sent you, well, let's just say they are not my shape-shifted ones, if you understand what I mean. Meaning, she has totally black eyes. She's not human. And again, I got confirmation on this from somebody that actually knew her instantly when they saw her picture like i know her and i know her history which was kind of you know what i needed these things walk among us i've done enough alien studies i've done enough paranormal cryptozoological studies for we should know i've had enough firsthand accounts of eyewitness listeners telling me they have seen people go from pupils to slits taylor's even seen that and then also people that have went from um uh, normalized to black eyes these things are walking among us now there's black eyed adults that they're seeing it's like the black eyed children grew up and grew strong they're corn fed they, they're all big and strong now they're walking among us this is the battle that's coming that's really kind of here but it's in its infancy stage it's really what I personally feel the next phase of my ministry is going to be dealing with I felt it almost my whole life, even when I was a little kid. Even before I was way, decades before I even got saved, I felt like that I was supposed to get into that. That's where I feel like this next phase is going. 
Um, and then I, I sent back to her. I said, oh, Jasmine, we're going to have so much fun. Yes, please go with that thought of materializing before me. Just be prepared for eternal hellfire. For you or anyone who wants to take a shot at this. The stakes are as high as it gets, Jasmine. And in the end, you're all going to see there's a remnant of true Christians that will never back down to evil. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, I don't think there's anything that gets me more fired up than this subject. We have much more power at our access, at our disposal, than they will ever have through Satan. The Lord Jesus Christ created the universe. You can't top that. You just can't. You just can't. It's, it's impossible. So anyway, let's go back to this, this um, report from Pete. Uh, we've been under assault from these people, these witches, for about 10 months after doing deliverance on the high priestess of this coven. Oh, I was going to say, though, the lady that had watched the one head witch die and the other three um, barely escape with their lives... She ended up becoming my listener and ended up getting saved. That's about all I really can say. So, um, praise the Lord. Praise, because see, when they see that, when they see who really has the power, then they start thinking, well, oh, I thought that Christians were weak and pathetic and we could just do with them whatever we wanted to and we could destroy them in our will and all of this other stuff. And then when they realize that's actually the exact opposite, then they start to think and God starts to work on them. And I mean, you know, she's as sweet as pie. I mean, the email I got from her, I got a couple emails from her and she saw the light, praise the Lord. So anyway, um, We've been under assault for these people about 10 months after doing deliver. So the high priestess of the coven, they actually did, she got saved and they did deliverance on her. Okay. Um, she was, she was the high priestess for two decades. So see, you never know who God can save. That's why I always say, if it'd be possible, their souls be saved. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, uh, the, the. Some of the most on-fire Christians are people that were ex-occultists, that came from the other side, that really know Satan's inner workings and how evil and wicked that he is. They can be some of the best Christians that you can imagine. But they've got a lot of baggage left over when they come over. But their pressure is weakening greatly and we are winning high-level witches have lost their positions because of the failures to destroy us see they get punished when they don't succeed a lot of times it can mean death it can mean whatever or bare minimum probably losing some position maybe it took you a long time to attain in witchcraft i don't know and others have come out because of confusion because they're they're thinking to themselves christians are weak and wimpy how come our death curses are not working here See, this is the power of God at work here. This is something, this teaching that I'm doing today, you're not going to hear it a lot of places. 
I mean, I have my frame of reference to draw upon. Pete has his frame of reference. My buddy James has his frame. I have other listeners that have their frame of reference. But this is not something you're going to typically hear. Well, yes, you're going to hear it in Joel Osteen. I mean, obviously. Every sermon is on this there because he's so hardcore. And Benny Hinn and Creflo Give Me a Dollar and, and you know, all the all the other greats of the faith, you know. Hall of Fame of Faith there. Uh, so I, I should, you know, I need to give them credit where credit's due, obviously. Uh, a little sarcasm there. Anyway, many believers fall all the time. It's well beyond time to wake up from the slumber and apathy. Because if you are in Tasmania and a believer, then you are a target whether you like it or not. Feeling a little more oppressed lately? Meaning, you could be going to a church in Tasmania and or America. There's witches going in there and they're putting curses and casting spells on you to try to break up the church, to try to get you away from God, to try to break up marriages, to try to get you to sleep with somebody in the church, or whatever. They're doing that. It's an active, ongoing plan. I, I've heard many occultists interviewed where they said that it was basically, uh, I was part of a coven of witches, 13 witches, and each one of us were assigned to a different church and our objectives were always go into there and you know women were sent in there to maybe seduce the pastor cause division and all you know men were sent in there to whatever but it's always to break up the church and the, and it's typically they're going to be assigned to churches where there's like soul winning going on and spiritual warfare and active things like that they're not going to really mess around probably with lukewarm churches stuff like that as much Maybe some, but not as much. Um, please continue to pray against the evil works any way you are led. All prayers work, some work better than others, but a prayer prayed out is better than silence. Give the Lord a chance to work. Yours may be the key to their downfall. Uh, don't underestimate what God can do with prayer. We have power in our prayers and a mighty God to answer. And then he, he lists these Bible verses. Um, is there uh, James 5.13 through uh, 18. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So there, that is a tactic also regarding sickness. Like if you have an ailment or a sickness, um, uh, to do that. And I haven't emphasized that enough in my ministry. I should be doing that. And then the next verse. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another. So it says confess your faults. It doesn't mean confess every, every nook and cranny of every sin you've ever done. Every, all the gory details of every sin. Confess your faults. There's a difference between, difference between faults and sins. Okay, granted, false can be sins, and, and they are, but getting into the gory details of every sin is not necessary in God's economy, is what I see in the Bible. So it says, confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then he gives an example, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. So then, here's another update 
um, regarding a lady that went through the deliverance. And I, I think this was the head of the coven that Pete was in reference to. The high priestess that was the high priestess for two decades that got saved and then got delivered. And, um, okay, so just, and I'm going to get into this more in subsequent teachings, but just so you know, because it's some, some people out there will teach once you get saved and the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside you, every single demon that you've ever dealt with or whatever is expelled and you have no more demons and that's it. So deliverance is never necessary. Now, I truly believe that is easily refutable, biblically speaking. I can give you tons of Bible verses where there's indications where Christians had to deal with demons and devils. I mean, Paul even had a thorn in his flesh to buffet him, it said, okay? And I understand that was to keep him humble and this type of thing, but there's other examples as well. Anyway, this is a deliverance uh, from GeneMoody.com, which is one of the ones like that I've been told by people that have been in high-level deliverance ministry for a long time that that is a very good, solid, safe place you can go. And they've got all these manuals up there that you can go and read regarding self-deliverance, regarding um, all of these different things. They've got like one on deliverance from witchcraft, one is on sexual sins, one's on all these different subjects. You can go up there and literally all the PDFs are free or you can buy the manuals online and they give you a link to do either. Here's how Gene Moody defines this deliverance a simple definition of deliverance is the state of being saved from something dangerous or unpleasant deliverance is the last battleground to complete freedom of the christian the battle is the greatest and satan will fight the hardest against this ministry you're fighting god's battles if you are cursed you are cursed if you are unwilling to fight there is nowhere in the bible that says explicitly that a christian can have a demon but it does talk about believers having demons if you are a believer but i mean but basically it's the same thing though if you're a believer you are a christian the multitudes that came to jesus received deliverance some were bound to be believers you can memorize the bible and go to hell no part of the bible is any good to you unless it's used head knowledge will not get you to heaven it takes heart knowledge Bible scholars can argue about theology until Jesus comes again and not settle the question of whether a Christian can have a demon. It takes experience. When you start casting out demons of people, you will find Christians not only have demons, but they have many demons. In our years of ministry, we have worked with thousands of people, small groups to large groups. We have found that the congregation could have many demons. The Lord started us working with pastors and their families. We found that the fivefold ministry had almost as many demons as the congregation. Finally, the Lord had us do the work of work with deliverance ministers. We found that they had quite a few demons too. So I, I'm sorry, but everybody that I've ever talked to that's been in deliverance ministries over the years have said that not only have they battled tons of demons, but that other Christians battle demons and that, I mean, Pete put it this way. It's like there you've got all of these witches putting curses on you constantly it's almost like you're just getting rid of fleas, like to just deal with the demonic onslaught. That's, I mean, who are they going to attack if you think about it? I mean, if Satan is going to zero in on anybody, is he going to zero in on the unsaved? He's already got them. Is he going to zero in on the lukewarm Christians? Well, in a way, he's already kind of got them. He's going to zero in on the people that are like real born again, true, and 
the kingdom of darkness knows who you are. So you're going to be the main target for this kind of stuff. So, anyway, I'm going to be doing more studies on that in the future. But um, let's go back to this report here from Pete. And, um, oh, this is very interesting. So this, this is another update regarding the lady that we just talked about, the high priestess that got deliverance. And this is a big reason why Pete and them are being so attacked because they took their high priestess away and because they're causing all kinds of problems in Tasmania because they're wanting to implement all these satanic agendas and it's, it's starting to fall apart. He said about her, the lady that was the high priestess that was delivered, and I believe that's her, Aquiel was her strong man. That meaning was like her main operating demon in her that animated her and gave her power. Because, see, occultists literally want demons. Because that means they have more power. Okay? Um, that operated her in the churches she visited. Because she was a high priestess assigned to a church to go, different churches to go visit so she could put curses on Christians and do all the stuff to them. This is the demon of Sundays to prevent people from going to church. Now, this is a double-edged sword because you could go to your typical 501c3 lukewarm church and, you know, you know, pray about it. Listen, if God's, if God's leading you to church, I'm not telling you not to go there. I'm just saying that there's a lot of churches out there where you're probably not going to be fed and that are yoked up with the government. And Do as the Lord leads you on that one. And if you're not sure about it, pray and fast about it. Okay, anyway, um, this was the last demon to go when she was getting deliverance. This was her, and I, he sent me all kind of videos of her getting delivered. Um, this was her assignment for two decades. This was a witch in the church. This was her assignment. And her main demon that operated through her was named Aquiel. I, I think I'm pronouncing the name right. Um, and... And it wasn't in, and what wasn't in the testimony, because she gave, gave a testimony, was that she could see the armor on Christians in the churches. She could see who was wearing the armor of God and said only about three out of 20 in the churches had it on. So when she went into church as a witch, she had her third eye open is what he's basically saying. And she said, on average, only about three out of every 20 Christians had on the armor of God. Wow. And she could see the angels in the church, good angels, in the church that would not do anything to stop that witch. Okay, this is before she was saved. To stop her from assigning demons to those struggling because of open doors to sin. Meaning, if you're participating in like open doors to sin, let's say you're fornicating or something, and you're going to church and you're playing Christian or whatever, and you're going to church on Sunday, those good angels aren't going to stop anything from that witch assigning demons to you because you are basically giving them grounds to be cursed. You're playing a very dangerous game, in other words. And again, I'm not saying this because I think I'm Mr. Puritanical Wonderful and I would never think about... Listen, if I got what I deserved, I'd get death in hell. I, I've told that over and over again. Okay, this is, this is sobering stuff here. So, 
they would see angels in the church that would not do anything to stop her assigning demons to those struggling because of open doors to sin. Now, this is coming firsthand from a high-level coven witch that did this for two decades and was very, very good at her job, I would imagine. She could see in the spirit world what was going on because she had her third eye opened. Meaning you can, you can see into the spirit world and see angels and who has armor on and stuff like that. If you're around people and inextricably they don't like you or they want to get away from you or they or they and it's like there's no reason you're you're nice as pie to them, that may be why. Understand that. If you have somebody that's treating you all of a sudden like garbage and they hate you, you could just tell they don't like you and they disdain you and they have this hatred for you for no reason. You could be as nice to them as you could possibly be. You could be as acting as Christian to them. Well, that's probably the reason why. Because they're high enough in the occult that they've got their they've had their third eye opened, or maybe it was a maybe mean, you know, there's a lot of I think there's other reasons that that could maybe they had a generational curse and 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 they were they were born with a lot of witchcraft quote giftings curses and maybe they're just repulsed by you because of all the demons inside them. I'm not sure all the nuances of that. But just understand that that might be the case. Because that's happened to me a lot. It's like, why is that person like acting so nasty to me? I've done nothing to them. I'm, like, nice to them. And they hate my guts, I can tell. Well, this is pretty much all the reason you need right here. So anyway, um, a little lighthearted discussion today. Just a little, you know, just a little lighthearted, little flowery discussion we're having. Um... She said that she only, okay, let me read the last sentence again so you can understand the full scope of this. She said she could see the angels in the church that would not do anything to stop her assigning demons to those struggling because of open doors to sin. She only failed twice in 20 years? What? She only failed twice? Now, I don't know, because maybe she knew they had open doors to sin, they had no armor on, and therefore they were totally wide open to being cursed. Maybe in the two times she failed, maybe somebody was praying for that person, and it prevented it. Again, I don't know all the nuances of all this stuff, but maybe that was the case. But that's pretty bad if she only failed twice out of 20 years. That means that this witch was really effective at doing what she was doing. And there were 20 other witches going around every weekend into the Tasmanian churches to do this work as well. 20 other ones going from church to church doing this. We have a population of 500,000. Not very many. So it's not a big area to cover for the rituals. Five hours, top to bottom and across the top. Meaning these, these witches can go from church to church. And, and I mean, if you've got, let's say, and I don't know how it works in Tasmania, but what if you've got Sunday school, uh, morning service, mid-morning, whatever, and then maybe the service at night on Sunday. It depends on what kind of church it is. Okay. You, you might have, one church may have four different services on Sunday. Well, you could you if you timed it right with twenty people, you could hit a lot of services. Another thing I think you'd want to look out for if you were in these churches, somebody that just comes for one service and they're out of there, boom. 
and then you see them the next week at the same service and they're out of their boom because they're they're got to do their job hmm that'd be something to be on the lookout for because why would you do that why would you like leave for one serve oh i got i've got a job oh okay really every single week i do the same thing Mm, that's weird anyway her job was to go into the churches and assign demons to those struggling so they would not return okay so again i'm not demonizing all churches okay i'm not even if they're 501c3 even they're yoked up with the government or whatever i want you to do what god wants you to do okay you pray about it you fast about it. if god's leading you to a church maybe you're going there to to pray for the people there maybe you're going there to to you know um do spiritual warfare i mean you know that type of thing so they were there to assign demons who are are struggling so they would not return or put them to sleep or to commit adultery uh howard Pittman has a book a booklet called placebo which is all on how the church is totally asleep he was a baptist which is not common who was basically killed he died of a heart attack and taken to heaven before god and he thought he was doing everything great and wonderful and he got before god he realized god wasn't happy with him and god told him you've basically lived your life for self is what it boiled down to in his particular case and he was doing a lot of stuff for god i mean he had like all these foster kids and all this other stuff and i mean and i met howard Pittman personally and i believe he's a man of god i don't know if he's still alive i tried to contact him a couple years ago he was having all kind of health problems and i I think he was kind of i wanted to send him a protocol but i think he was kind of medically minded and i run into that so much of the time where you can't break through that and you want to read a book about this how the church is asleep read howard Pittman placebo he's got a whole series of booklets just like win Worley does win Worley has a whole series of booklets and you can get them those are those are a great place to start on this as well if you want to know like the battle that we're in and this type of stuff and these types of things and about deliverance and things of this nature and i'll be honest with you of the people that i've known in the deliverance ministries over the years it's almost been a absolute total across the board i have always gotten them every single basically deliverance ministry i've ever talked to that i had any kind of trust in always said win whirly some materials now if you see win whirly you're going to be like oh yeah what about delivering him from the spirit of gluttony because he's a big dude he's passed away he's overweight okay i'm not gonna whatever he had evidently a thyroid condition okay so we all have our crosses to bear i think that i've listened to him enough times that you know i i think the the guy was right on the money basically what he's talking about with and there's a baptist again and you would think baptist doing delivery yeah Uh uh-huh yep yep very very rare very very ostracized i'm sure (laughs) because baptists don't do that now remember i've come out of care i i went to a lutheran middle school a catholic high school a um got into hypercharismania basically kind of 
how I got saved, I was into that mode, went into a really hyper-charismatic, Pentecostal church, into a really hyper-charismatic church, into the most strict sect of independent, fundamental Baptist, King James only, unregistered, non-501c3 church you could go into, and then into kind of just like a regular, more Baptist church, and then God pulled me out of all of it. And that was what started my ministry. So I kind of have a pretty good frame of reference. I have a frame of reference most people don't have. Okay? So, um, yeah, it, it, there, there's a lot of differences, but it's not normal for Baptists to get into that. But the Winworley materials, um, across the board from deliverance people I've ever talked to, they said they recommend them highly. And the nice thing about the booklets is that you could read one of those in a sitting. Now, I'm not saying you wouldn't want to go back and reread it, okay? But some of these deliverance manuals are very large. <laughs> they're, I mean, it, it does, it's just not all deliverance. It's telling you the battle that you're in. The Gene Moody manuals, there's a lot to them. There is a lot to them. I'm not saying it's not all valuable. But I'm saying that, you know, from a... Trying to get through as much as you can as quickly as you can, the wind whirly stuff may be a good place to start. And you can literally, there's a, uh, there's a website up there that you can literally buy like every single one of his booklets for like a hundred bucks or something. It's like, there's a lot of them if you wanted to, or you could just start with a few or one if you wanted to, you know, anyway, um, I'll try to post some links to some of these things later in, in this PDF. I need to add that in. But I am going to be going into it more and in, in more in other teachings. Anyway, um, going back to this report from Pete. Uh, basically, they, their goal was to destroy the church. Anything that started to move, they would shut it down as quickly as possible. Um, and the last line was they were trying to put the people to sleep or to commit adultery in the church. To basically destroy the church and anything that started to move, meaning of a godly movement, they, the witches, were there to shut it down as quickly as possible. That's what their goal is. Because they serve Satan. Deb, who is the lady, was the high priestess for two decades, is now free. And doing spiritual warfare herself and feeling very free. But without the spirits in her to torment her. So the spirits have changed their tactics to attack her body. She was in the hospital for 16 days without a bowel movement. Yowza. Wow. Um, and now she is diagnosed with Barrett's mucosa. Her liver was bad, but it's getting better, and the spleen in the pancreas is getting a lot better. Understand something. These things can attack your organs. They can attack you physically. They can make you sick. They can give you cancer. They can do all kinds of stuff. Now, is it the only cause? I mean, what if you're eating a horrible diet? And you're eating all kind of trans fatty acids. You're eating GMO foods and everything. You're drinking tons of soft drinks. And now if you develop diabetes and heart disease and cancer eating a diet like that, you can't really blame it on the demons. There might be demons involved wanting you to eat that. Maybe a combo effort. I mean, we are body, soul, and spirit. So, you know. Anyway, um... But she's still getting acid reflux, but all is improving here with her and the Satanists are wearing down. I sent him a couple files to give her, hopefully that will help her to deal with that from, from the physical side, you know. Because I think we, if, if we're body, soul, and spirit, you know, we attack, if we can attack things both ways, physically, 
by putting the right things in our body, which is, I can't see any ungodly thing about that. And then also spiritually with prayer, fasting, that type of stuff. Well, there, I mean, that's a really good combination. I think it's really the most biblical combination you could get into. Um, all is improving here and the Satanists are starting to wear down. I do believe that they are pushing hard now to impress impress their higher ups and because of their failures and it will bring together many to pray i think they have made a big mistake along with many others also there is a man in this hobart tasmania area who is burying himself for three days and three nights everything's a mockery of christianity to these people get it three days and three nights like jesus was three days and three nights yeah okay he, he's buried himself three days and three nights under Hobart's busiest road. Yeah, they literally cut a chunk of asphalt out of this road, Hobart's busiest road, and put him in a container underneath the road for three days and three nights with just an air supply. This occultist. He will be, and then Pete goes on to say, he will be under a blanket of a half liter of anointing oil to keep him warm. He has anointing oil that he uses in, in the deliverance stuff. And I'll tell you a little more about that later. And here's a picture of where he's going to be buried. Of the road. Okay. They have already dug a hole for this. Previously, he has sewn his lips together. Sewn his lips together. Hacked at his prosthetic arm. I guess he has a prosthetic arm, with an axe, which, you know, it's a nice touch, and regurgitated milk, well, that's neat, as part of his performance artwork, because he's an artist. It shows them digging the hole in this road in Hobart. Ten years ago, at the Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery, he sat beneath a tilted stage for 36 hours to create an image of a disembodied head. And here's a picture of that. I mean, this guy is a total freak, totally in love with Satan. An artist, and then it goes on to stories, reads, an artist will be buried alive, and this is straight from their news, newspaper and their news publication down there. An artist will be buried alive beneath the bitumen, of a, the bitumen of a busy Hobart road in what will perhaps be one of the more disturbing offerings of the Tasmania's Dark Mofo Festival next month. This is this festival all these occultists come to from all over the world to gather at this dark mofo neck and this is where they have the upside down cross in hobart i'm not saying it's there where they have the cross i mean maybe part of it's there i don't know but um they're just trying to take over the city mike parr will be interred in a steel container beneath the middle lane of macarane street macquarie street the road will be then resealed and the cars will drive over the top of him for the next 72 hours um but all the festival goers, but all festival goers will see him disappear into his box at 9 p.m. on June 14th. So this has already happened, because this was like this is June 24th today. This happened 10 days ago, and he will reemerge three days later. So I, I don't know how it went for him, but he would have come out on this on June 17th. Mr. Parr will be housed in a steel container 
4.5 meters by 1.7 meters by 2.2 meters, fitted with a fan-forced air supply. Inside, the 73-year-old artist will meditate and draw. He will have him, he will have with him a sketch pad and pencils, a meditation stool, bedding, and some water, but no food. He's very well practiced at fasting. He's done it for 30 years. You know why? Because occultists will practice. They will fast. Some of them will fast 40 days. I've heard. 21 day fast, 40 days. They take their religion a lot more seriously than the average Christians do because God gives us free will, but Satan is a, is a cruel taskmaster and he's going to drive you and drive you and drive you until you're dead. And, they, and they'll fast for a long, long time in order to give their spells and their witchcraft more power. Um... Mr. Parr, Mr. Rawlings said this, but Mr. Parr has never been buried underneath a major road before. But good old Pete went out there and put out, I think he said a liter and a half of anointing oil over top of where he's at. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, anyway, and then this is another news report that he sent me, um, which is related to this dark mofo artist, Mike Parr, to be buried for three days under Main Hobart Road. And I, I said to him about this, I asked Pete, I said, why would the city do all this to accommodate this devil? I mean, you would have to shut down traffic for extended periods of time, and the cost and the expenses would be substantial. I mean, imagine ripping a major road apart, stopping all traffic, so you can literally tear the road apart to build, dig this gigantic hole, then put him down there, and then seal him with asphalt over... I mean, that's, that's a major undertaking. That's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to do that. And Pete replied back, he says, yes, you're right, and people complain... But many, many come to the Dark Mofo Festival, which is this festival that is being done in honor of, and this is, you know. Attached is a picture of the premiere of Tasmania, and it's this rock group, kind of. And it's the premiere of Tasmania, Will Hodgman, and the head of the Witch Coven, bass player for the Violent Femmes, Brian Ritchie, recruited from New York. And, um... He was running Dark Mofo, which is this group down there that's just trying to basically take over Tasmania with this witchcraft and occultism. He was running Dark Mofo, but after all the failures involving Deb, the lady they delivered, the high priestess, he got the sack, meaning you will get demoted by Satan if you don't get killed for not accomplishing your missions. So instead of celebrating with the witches here at this time, he is playing in his band in the USA. He wanted to get out of there because the heat was getting too hot, evidently. And the last I seen him, he wasn't looking well. Now, and then he goes on to say, and this is kind of a little off topic, but he says, here, this is my anointing oil video. It turned red after prayer one day. I tried to re repeat the process, but I couldn't. Um, and his anointing oil that he, he says, it's just olive oil that he uses when he, he anoints people and stuff and he'll anoint, he'll go around and anoint like this, the outside of his house and like this anointing that he, uh, that he's going to do where the one guy was entombed himself under the road. And, um, he says, I, it's just olive oil, but for years I've said it on my stereo, which plays the KJV Bible every night, which is what I've been telling people to do for years. Have a KJV Bible playing someplace in your house night and day. And this is a this is something I never even thought of. But if you have like anointing oil, you could you could set it right there, you know, where it's playing. Sure can't hurt. 
You know, sure can't hurt. I can't see it's going to hurt it. <laughs> I mean, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than every two, any two-edged sword. You know, the, the, there's all these Bible verses about what the word of God does. So, uh, anyway, um, it plays the KJV Bible every night almost. And it has, and it, meaning the, the anointing oil, has heard and felt the Bible play through through it many, many times. But I just pray to let it be like the blood of Jesus and the fire of the Holy Ghost. The demons hate it. So that's another tip for you. Sure don't see how it could hurt. Okay, so let's go to the next topic. Um, and this is entitled, this is from a listener, and it's entitled, A Demon Nearly Killed Me. Oh, hold on. Let's go to part two, because I'm way over on time, and this is the perfect time to go to part two. So God bless you, and we will see you in part two. Scott Johnson's 1,000-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70, Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.